Good to be back with you all this morning. Appreciate everyone's attendance this morning. Hope everybody's been doing well, um, getting through this virus as we continue to work through it. Uh, looks like we've got a good number with us this morning. Appreciate your, your presence this morning as we worship our God. If you remember last time we talked about uh, preparing for heaven, we uh, I encourage you to read uh, the book of First John. There's five chapters in there. Um, that's a reading that you can read uh, relatively uh, quick, and you, a lot of good information in there to encourage you as you go about your daily walks with Christ. Um, last time we dealt generally with First uh, John chapter one. And we talked about uh, continual cleansing. And this week we want to talk about chapters uh, 2 and 3. And Lord willing, next time uh, we'll continue um, our study on First John. And we'll deal with the last two chapters, which will be chapters 4 and 5, as we talk about uh, preparing ourselves for heaven and the aspects that we'll find here in uh, the book of First John. And uh, as we think about that, we think about, uh, as we start the lesson this morning, we want to think about, remind ourselves about uh, continual cleansing found in the first part of this lesson. We read First uh, John chapter 1 and verse 7 says, but walk in the light as he is in the light. And then we have fellowship one another with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. So if we walk in the light, we find here in First uh, John chapter 1, we know that we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. So that's content, you know, that's uh, based on the fact that we're walking in the light. If we walk in the light, we're doing the things that God wants us to do. We walk in the light of Jesus. We know that the blood of Christ will continually cleanse us of our sins. So with Remember what we studied last week, and if we move into uh, chapter 2, we're going to deal with perfect propitiation, and that's in 1 John chapter 2. And then as we get into chapter 3 this morning, we're going to be talking about destroying the doubt. So first of all, let's look at our first part of this in 1 John uh, chapter 2. Our text that we want to look at, that we want to concentrate as we're talking about this uh, in 1 John chapter 2 is 1 John chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. 1 John chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate, which is the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but also for the whole world. If you're wondering, uh, we looked at two different words here. We look at these, uh, this particular two sets of verses here, these two verses in 1 John chapter 2. We notice the word advocate, and you notice the word propitiation. An advocate is one that pleads our case. Propitiation is one is also referred to as an appeasement, some that will um, regain the will of God. So we have Jesus Christ as our advocate, and he is the propitiation 
uh, for our sins. Now, as we look here in this verse, we see here that John is pleading for everyone not to sin. But if we do sin, we have Christ who is our advocate and pleads our case for us. So we know that God hates sin. We got alluded to that uh, somewhat in our Bible class this morning. We know that God can't uh, stand sin. But we know that Jesus was sent as our advocate and as our propitiation, that he died on the cross for us for the remission of our sins and that he will plead our case for us when it comes back to getting back in a right relationship with God. We think about also 1 John chapter 2, the uh, next verses, chapters, uh, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Now this we know, now this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So we know, we see this uh, first aspect here of um, 1 John chapter uh, two that we have to keep his commandments. First John chapter uh, one, it was alluding to that we're walking in the light. First John chapter two is conditional on keeping his commandments. So we know by learning by reading this verse, we know that the propitiation of Christ is un uh, is un uh, unconditional. We know that it's not unconditional that we have to continue to commit to keep his commandments and keep walking in the light in order to have that continual cleansing uh, that we have uh, through C- Jesus Christ our Lord now as we think about uh, the advocate and propitiation you can think about uh, there's an example that we can think about in our court system um, as I was studying this lesson and as many of you know I've followed some information that Don Blackwell uh, has um, from apolog- or from um, Gospel Broadcasting Network, and he had uh, mentioned a personal thing that he had went through. That he was, um, I think he was in the state of Georgia, and he was going through uh, town. He was driving to where he goes to work, and he wasn't familiar with some of the laws there. And he pulled into where he was going to go to work, and there was a policeman that turned his lights on and pulled him over he was pulled in the parking lot there at, at uh, the gospel broadcasting network and he wondered you know he, uh, what was going on why did the policeman pull him over well he realized that after he talked to the officer that he ran a red light and he said well sir i don't i'm not from here i didn't know that i couldn't turn right on red i didn't see it posted and so he tried to you know explain what had happened and the officer wind up giving him a ticket and even though that he tried to say, you know, I didn't, didn't realize what was going on, he still got a ticket. Well, he, in the state that he was in, he found out that he could hire a lawyer and that he could go to court and have that lawyer plead his case for him. And so that's what he did. He took that uh, ticket to court, paid the court cost, had the lawyer plead his case for him. And so the, the ticket was uh, removed. All he had to pay was his court cost, and that ticket never went on his record. So if you think about the example that uh, you see here, and hopefully this will help you remember the point, uh, 
about what Christ does for us. He pleads our case for us. Just like in that situation with Brother Don Blackwell, he had a lawyer plead his case to the judge and the ticket was removed. And if you think about that, you realize that that's a very similar situation to what we go through with our uh, with Christ. He pleads our case for us. We sin. We do things that are contrary to God's law. And so him being the propitiation, the advocate that we have, when we sin, Christ will go to God and ask for forgiveness of our sins. We have to have the willingness to ask for uh, for the forgiveness of sins. We have to ask God to forgive us of that sins and do our best to not fall into that sin again and to keep on keeping his commandments as we see here in 1 John chapter 2 and walking in the light, 1 John chapter 1. So that's conditional on that we're doing those things. So once we do that, Christ will be our propitiation for us. He will plead our case for us and will ask God to forgive us of that sin. And if we do those things that the God wants us to do, we'll walk in the light, we obey his commandments, that sin will be removed from our record. So that's what we think about uh, when we're talking about a propitiation and being our advocate. And Christ was able to do that because he was sent by God to be the sacrifice for us on the cross. He was the perfect lamb of God. He uh, was without sin and he gave his, willingly gave his life. He do, knew what his, the will of his father was and he willingly gave his life for us, for you and for me, so he could uh, be able to be our advocate, be our propitiation and plead our case towards God and put us back in a right relationship with God. Now, as we're thinking about um, the word propitiation, I want to look at two different uh, verses. Um, the first one we want to look at is from, found in the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Romans, chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ to all and who are all who all who believe for there is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So we see here how Christ is the perfect Lamb of God. He was without sin. He was that perfect sacrifice. We realize that reading our Old Testament, we see how there, there were sacrifices that were given that were... Uh, under the Old Testament law, they had to give of their best of their animals that they sacrificed. But they were not able to sin. Christ, being a man, was able to sin, but yet he was without sin. And he was that perfect lamb to shed his life 
for the remission of our sins, for your sins, for my sins. And he was that perfect propitiation for us, the perfect lamb. And it was by God's grace that he was able to do that. And by grace, that is oftentimes as referred to unmerited favor. God and his love for us knew that our transgressions, our sins, separated us from him. But yet he, was, he loved us so much that he willingly gave of his only begotten son. And he uh, had him come and live as a man on the earth and uh, to die as a man. He went through all the things that a man would go through. We've talked about that as we was th- were thinking about uh, the Lord's Supper and the sacrifice that he made, that he willingly gave of his life and the suffering that he went for through for us. He That he loved us so much that he was willingly gave of his life for us. And if we put Christ on through baptism, we contact the blood of Christ through our through baptism, we know that we will be cleansed of those sins. And we have to realize this, 1 John uh, helps us to realize in these five chapters what we have after we've become a Christian, that we can have that continual cleansing, that so long as we continue to walk in the light and we continue to follow his commandments, we have that continual cleansing. Now, we talked about last time about the word apostasy. And if you think about apostasy and you think about uh, those that may talk about that, we realize that apostasy is where you just completely go away from what God uh, wants you to do. You completely turn away from God. You've turned your back on God. You said, I'm not doing this anymore. Then you, you fall into that trap. You can fall from grace. You can fall from uh, the will of God and you can fall from his grace. So, you know, allowing the propitiation, the advocation that we have through Christ Jesus, we it's conditional on that we follow his commandments. We have to accept his saving grace and we have to put Christ on through baptism and then we know that after we're baptized we're continual, continually cleansed of our sins if we continue walking in the light as we continue following his commandments uh, another verse that we can think about is 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10 when we're talking about the word propitiation which says in this love not that we have loved God but that he loved us and sent his son uh, to be the propitiation for our sins. So we see here there's another point where uh, it's talking about uh, that John mentions the word propitiation. Um, so that kind of gives us an idea of what 1 John chapter uh, 2 is dealing with. Now as we move into 1 John chapter 3, uh, we want to think about destroying the doubt. Uh, we can look in 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. Uh, that reads, well, actually, actually look, look at uh, 19 and 20 deals with the emphasis there, but we want to look at uh, verses 16 through 23. Uh, this section is dealing with about the outward, uh, outwork, outworking of love. So that's 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 23, which reads, by this we know love, because he has laid down his life for us, and we ought, and we also ought to be lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this, wor- this world's goods and sees his brother in need and 
shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? For my little children, let us love in word, let us love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we keep, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandments, his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and the and love one another as he gave us a commandment. So as we look at this, we have to realize that the importance here in verses 19 and 20, that we know of the truth and that we assure our hearts before him. And we can realize as we think about this, that we think about how that we're to do the things that God wants us to do. We're to love one another. We've talked about that in Bible class. Uh, we've talked about that in other lessons. That it's not just a matter of us saying that we're going to love somebody else. We see the needs. We looked at that in our uh, talking about the Sermon on the Mount. That we can't just say that we love someone and we don't do anything. It has to be followed up by our actions. We have to show that we love that person. And we have to show our love towards God by doing the things that God commands us. We can't say, well, I love God or I, I know the truth, but yet you uh, don't follow his commandments. We realize that, you know, if we think about that, God is referring to that as, as being a liar. The truth is not in us. If we say we love God and we want to keep his commandments, but we don't do those things, we don't take that, that word into action then we're not showing that we love God. And so we have to follow that up by our actions. And oftentimes, as we think about this, um, we, when we're talking about doubt, being a Christian, sometimes, and the devil will work in ways that, uh, to try to get us to have doubt in our life. And you may be going about your Christian walk, and he's going to try to do everything he can to cause you to doubt and that when you have doubt that comes in your heart that has a tendency sometimes to think that you're not worthy of Christ's love and you fall back into a temptation and you fall back into that life of sin and we need to realize you know that God is going to do his best not to have you to have doubt in your life and we talked about that last time somewhat that how that um, people think that, you know, once you become baptized, that you continually go from day to day thinking that, you know, one day, one time you're faithful during the day and another time you're unfaithful. And that if you happen to die in that one state of being unfaithful, that you're going to go uh, to torment, that you're going to be found guilty of that sin. Well, we need to realize the importance of that, that once we've put Christ on in baptism, if we're doing our absolute best to try to follow after Christ, we realize when we sin, we ask forgiveness of those sins, we do our best to get away from that sin, whatever that, that takes. We talked about that in Bible class a little bit, how that we get in certain situations, places, or people that we're around, and we realize that this is causing us a problem, 
then we need to make those corrections and put our lives back in accordance with God's will. If we do that, if we follow you know, what John is talking about here in these uh, first three chapters, we realize that you know, that blood of Christ will continually cleanse you and that you will be con- uh, forgiven of your sins. But you have to continually work towards that. And, you know, God is not wanting us to have doubts in our life. But the devil is going to keep working on you and make you think, you know, that you're not worthy, that you have doubts in your life, and you think, well, you know, I'm not going to be found faithful on the day of judgment. Um, I know of some particular times that there's been people that's uh, been on their deathbed and um, they've said, you know, I don't think that I've done everything that I need to do and they're, we're worried when you get to that point of death that you won't be found faithful when Christ comes again, that you've not done everything uh, that you need to do. But if we have that confidence, if we read you know, the things in, in 1 John, you know, we can realize that if we're doing our best, and it's a difficult road, we talked about that in class, that it's a difficult way uh, to get to heaven, but if we know we're doing our best, God knows that. And if you put Christ on baptism and you follow that plan of salvation, that the blood of Christ will continually cleanse you and that you won't be going through this doubt. You won't be going through, you know, saying, well, today, you know, I've done this and I'm, I'm going to go to hell because of that. But if you've done those things to try to correct that, you're doing your best to get away from that sin and you recognize it, you're asking for God's forgiveness. We know that. God will be that propitiation. He will plead your case for you and that you will be forgiven of that sin. So oftentimes, you know, our own hearts, as we're talking about here in 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, it says, for our hearts will condemn us. Oftentimes, you know, we can think about our conscience, we think about our hearts, and oftentimes we think about that and we realize, you know, that I'm not worthy of Christ's love, and I'm not good enough to um, to be in God's kingdom. We're going to sing a song here in, in a few minutes, just as I am. And God will accept you just as you are. That you can, you know, that the state that you're in, you know, being in a, in a sinful state, God will accept you. You don't have to be perfect in order to put Christ on through baptism. And that you know, through God's love, his willingness to give of uh, uh, Christ, his only begotten son for the forgiveness of our sins, we can contact the blood of Christ through baptism and that we can have that forgiveness of sins. We can be made perfect through the blood of Christ. And we can think about that when, we're, when we sing the song of invitation here in just a few minutes. First um, John Chapter 3 and verse 21, which we talked about, we read just briefly, it says, Beloved, if our hearts does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. That's another uh, verse that we can think about. Um, First John, well, we talked about First John chapter 3 and bar- verse 19, that we want to assure our hearts before Him. Uh, one verse that we want to finish up with uh, this morning um, talking about confident, confidence, um, we think about James chapter uh, 1 and verse 6. 
James chapter 1 and verse 6. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So we don't want to have doubt in our life. Uh, we need to realize that we can have confidence through Christ. We can have confidence found here in, in 1 John um, to live a life according to Christ. And we don't want to be, have doubt in our lives because we're going to be tossed to and fro just like the wave of the sea and driven by the wind. That If we have doubts in our lives, then we're going to doubt our Christianity and we can be driven by different aspects. Um, we can gain confidence in the Lord by doing the things that God wants us to do. If we continually read our Bibles, we pray to our Lord, and we ask for Him for confidence, for strength, for boldness in walking that Christian life, then we can have that confidence. We won't have that doubt in our life. Because oftentimes if we have let doubt come in our lives, we can be tossed to and fro and be driven by something other than the gospel. You can be driven by those that are outside the body of Christ to do those things that's contrary to God's law. You could be driven by somebody that has a different idea. If you don't you know, ground yourself in the truth, you don't study the Word of God and learn how to apply it in your life and gain the wisdom of the, of the Word of God and know how to apply it in your life, you're going to be like it talks about in James chapter 1 and verse 6. You're going to be tossed to and fro because you're not grounding yourself in the truth. So I hope as we think about these things this morning, I've given you some things to think about. We're talking about uh, 1 John and we're dealing with the first three chapters. Lord willing, next time we'll get uh, continue in this thought as we deal with chapters uh, 4 and 5. But as we think about that, as we send the invitation this morning, I hope that it's given you something to think about in your Christian walk uh, of life. This morning, you've heard the word. We're required that we are to hear the word. Once you hear that word, you're to believe it. Then you need, if you've not put Christ on in baptism, you need to repent of those sins that you've had, that you have in your life. You've done things, you read this of the scripture, you find out there's things that you're doing that's contrary to God's law. You need to repent of those things that you've done. Then you need to confess those sins before men and be baptized. Be immersed, be fully immersed in the watery grave of, of baptism. And it's like we've said this morning, once you put Christ on through baptism, you will contact the blood of Christ in a figurative sense. And that blood of Christ will, will uh, cleanse you of those sins. Then you must be faithful that you need to continue, as we said this morning, continue walking in the light, keeping His commandments, and that blood of Christ will continually cleanse us of those sins. And that you continue to do those things, and that you will, if you continue to follow those things, continue to be remain faithful until uh, Christ returns, and that day of judgment, you'll be found faithful to spend eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in heaven. If you've uh, put Christ on a baptism, but yet you've done those things, maybe you've been tossed about to and fro by uh, different things, you don't have that confidence, you've had doubt in your life, you have that opportunity afforded you this morning to come forward as we sing this song of invitation, realizing that you can put your life back right with God again 
and that you can continue walking in the light. You can continue on keeping the commandments. Prayers can be offered for you and with you, and we can help you as Christians uh, to do that very thing. So if you find yourself subject to the invitation, please come forward now as we stand and sing.